0: This is the Four Below Border Battle Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Border Battle Podcast. It's me, Dom, with my buddy Mike again.
1: How's it going, everyone? Dom, how are you doing, buddy? Hanging in there?
0: Hanging in there. Hanging in there. It could have been a lot worse.
1: It could have been a lot worse. You're right. Um, But, yeah, coming off the week one performance, um, the Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings. 43 to 34 mm-hmm. um feels good to say it it does um you know i i felt pretty confident going in um but you never know what can happen i'm happy that the packers were able to get the win obviously you're not as thrilled as i am
0: well no no of course <laughs> not but
1: but you know what happens twice a year uh these teams go at it and uh it always makes for an interesting result. And certainly, I mean, you would agree with me too here. I mean, it, was a, it was a very interesting game. Um, so interesting, in fact, that it's the first game in NFL history with that final score, 43-34. to 34.
0: Which, throughout the NFL history, that's a long time. That's a it long time. It is a long time. And so
1: no way we would have even guessed that with the score predictions going in. So I don't even feel as bad that we, you know, that we missed our predictions. But we were pretty close. Like, we had the right idea.
0: No, yeah, and I think the thought out there with that game was that it wasn't like what the scoreboard said and that the Packers were that much better than the Vikings. I think what we're looking at here is a lot of, uh, I think we're seeing that preseason games really do matter because I think as for any team out there that we watched this week, I think that first half, every team was trying to gel and get together and trying to see how it's going to work out and they made adjustments throughout the, throughout every game this week.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of felt lucky that the Packers got the Vikings week one, Mm -hmm. um, especially on the road because I knew without the preseason um, with all these new pieces that the Vikings added to their defense, specifically their secondary, um, that it was going to be a challenge for them to kind of rally around and, and come out and have a great performance. Right. Um, Like, there's definitely some talent there, and, and I don't think Vikings fans should be, like, discouraged. Um, it's just a very tough task at hand. Um, but in your first NFL action, not even, and I'm talking, like, game action. They don't even have preseason games. Um, but their first action um, is against, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. So for them to, to come out and not have the best performance wasn't very surprising for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was for you either. No. Um, but you know, the Packers, you know, they still had to go out and execute and, and they took advantage of those matchups. Um, I guess, you know, looking back, I, I can't remember exactly what we mentioned as our, um, sort of like keys to the game. Um, but I, I know mine were pretty, pretty much, um, you know, held true to what the Packers did. Um, right. you know, they, they didn't lose a turnover battle. They actually won the turnover battle, um, with the interception um, I guess safety would that count as a turnover too? I don't even know. Yeah, I would say so that because they get the
0: ball back after. I yeah,
1: yeah, I say, I'd say it counts as a turnover. Thank you. Um, yeah, so two nothing in the turnover game. I mean that was huge. Um, and actually we'll talk about it a little later. But that almost we we kind of mentioned this before we started recording the call here, is that was like a twelve point difference in the game. Yeah, so those two plays. Um, the safety or Jair Alexander sacked Kirk Cousins. Um, obviously gave the Packers two points. They got the ball back from there, drove down the field, kicked the field goal. So there's the five points. Um, and then the interception there before halftime, um, you know, netted them. You know, they ended up getting seven points after the touchdown throw to, to MBS. Um So they didn't lose a turnover battle. Um, they kept Rogers clean. He actually didn't get sacked the entire game, which I think is pretty crazy. Um, you know, considering the Vikings had in um, you know, Denebo and Packers offensive line was really, it was really interesting how they put that out. I don't know if you noticed, but they put Elton Jenkins at right tackle instead of left guard. Yep. Um and they brought in their backup center to play left guard. So it's it's a really crazy um, you know allotment at the start for them. Um, they ended up losing two guys to injury in the game, uh, Lane Taylor and Lucas Patrick both started the game at the guard positions and um, both got taken out of the game. So they even threw in back up offensive linemen and still um were able to keep Rogers clean, which I thought Very positive sign for Green Bay, um, especially going forward. And then the last thing I think I said was to get Adams or Jones involved early. And, look, I mean, Adams had 14 catches. I don't know how you can get more involved than that as a wide receiver.
0: you can't. You can't. No, and Um, I think, like, even, like, watching that game when you bring up Adams, it was crazy to see just how inexperienced the uh, Vikings secondary was there. Um, They were giving him way too much cushion on every single play. It was, like, every time he caught the ball – it was either Mike Hughes or Holton Hill. They were like three or four yards off him. Which I get you don't want to get burned deep, but you can't you can't let him get that much space. And that was that led to those fourteen catches.
1: Right. I I, I noticed a lot of those happened on like third downs where Adams would run like a five or six yard out, mm-hmm. and Rogers would just dot him right on the hands. You know, and that and that's not a, a good look necessarily for the for those corners. Um but even like towards the end of the half, they were playing pretty much press coverage when uh, Valdez Scantling beat him deep for the touchdown and and got by. And even later in the game, I think in the fourth quarter, Adams kind of, kind of got by um, a guy, maybe it was Holton Hill. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, they did. I did notice a little bit of cushion they were given, um, which made for some easier third down conversions. I think Green Bay did a good job of, you know, moving the chains. Um, You know, they only punted one time in the game. Um, Typically when that happens, you know, it's pretty good for your team, for your offense. Um, And obviously putting up 43 points um, goes to show that their offense was humming. Um, So I guess we'll, we'll kind of flip this onto the Vikings a little bit here. And we talked about how this wasn't really a surprising result, Um, but are there any like newfound concerns for you going forward from this game? Or do you kind of feel like it was expected?
0: Um, I think for, I guess I'm going to, Split that question in half. Um, sure. On the offense, I think um, they did well. I think the offense was actually pretty sharp. Um, Thielen was getting open. Uh, Kirk looked calm for the most part. Um, he was able to extend the play, which was something you'd never see with Kirk Cousins. He was able Yeah, to, he was
1: actually mobile a little bit, getting yeah, some first He was able to run place. the
0: ball, and he his vision just seemed to be a little bit better looking at the offensive line and just seeing that there's a hole there and he could move this way and that way to kind of try to find someone open um so i think the offense was actually a little bit better than anticipated um they did, jefferson wasn't super involved we kind of expected that though uh, but he got a couple he a couple catches and he made some moves and and tried to extend the play which is great to see from a rookie guy like that if he's trying to extend the play after the catch not just trying to catch the ball
1: um, right i think are you referring to like that slant rowdy cut yeah, that's yeah, because yep. he caught the ball and he looked really like good after the catch on that one. So yep. I mean, that's all positive for for him. You know, yeah, looking forward the next few weeks, he'll probably like to see him get more and more involved each game. Um, but for a rookie receiver without any game action before, I mean, that's not you know he was on the field quite a bit.
0: No, yeah, he looked good. I mean, I think he he showed that he can catch the ball, which is great. I mean, that's always the biggest concern with a rookie receiver is if he can catch the ball. Um, right no bad
1: the, drops or anything like that
0: yeah and no jitters or whatever he just like he caught the ball and just kind of tried to make a play with it he had the other one where it was like a little dinky pass over the lineman that uh he tried to make into a better play and just got swallowed up by like three or four packers there um but no the offense was better than anticipated uh feeling looked good which was great just to see him look that good after last year's injury um yeah, and I thought the offensive line was actually better than I anticipated. Um, mm-hmm. Pat Alphine needs to go. Like they can <laughs> literally just like throw him in the in the concession stand or whatever because he's just he's not good. He's not the answer there, and I think they could literally plug in anyone else and be a better option.
1: Alphine would be better off selling hot dogs and stands. Oh, for sure,
0: be. for sure, and I think he could bring in a lot of revenue by just selling hot dogs. You know. Um, but but no I it's just it's too bad like I would just throw in anyone at that point it's just it it was horrible he couldn't stop anybody
1: I mean looking forward to they got some rookie offensive linemen I'm I'm interested to see if they kind of look to make some switches there Um, but you are right I did notice like the Packers pass rush maybe wasn't as potent and maybe like in the stat sheet as I expected I still think Mm -hmm. they were able to kind of get around Cousins and collapse the pocket a little bit. Yeah. Um, but to his credit, I mean, I haven't really seen this much from Cousins. I don't think you have either. But um, he was able to kind of break free out of some of those uh, rushes and uh, and actually get some yards and, and keep it moving for the team. Um, but I only think they had maybe two sacks the whole game. Yeah. The and, which is,
0: and they had a consistent pass rush the whole time. I mean, the pocket was collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they were giving Kirk just enough time to get the ball out and make a right. play with it. Which is always encouraging. I mean, that's definitely. from the past. What we've seen in the last couple of years is when that pot collapses, it's over.
1: Yeah. And something they can build on as a unit for sure. Oh I mean, yeah. you can't definitely. expect to have your best performance week one, but I think the Vikings offensive line was pretty admirable considering that there's so much uncertainty going in. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Vikings still put up, uh, what? 34 points. Is that what it was? Yeah. 34. Yeah. Yep. 34 points. Um, If you'd have told me the Vikings scored 34 points in this game, I would have imagined that they would have won the game. Um, Fortunately, Green Bay, for Packer fans, they scored more. Um, But definitely encouraging for the Vikings offense. Maybe um, raises some questions for the Packers defense that I can get into later. Um, But, yeah, I guess moving on to the Vikings defense. um, Now, yes. This is kind of where your concerns start to step in a little bit.
0: The biggest concerns I have with the defense, um, number one, and it's number one by a long shot, is um, is Holton Hill a starting cornerback. It didn't look like it. I, th- I think every time – I think the biggest problem was is every time Devontae Adams had his plays and had his catches that got the first down, it seemed like he was always Holton Hill that was there. He couldn't stay on him. He was playing off him and, and just kind of played scared. He didn't want to, like, do anything – I just feel like he didn't put it all out there on the field personally. Um, So that's like, that's the biggest concern I have is if they're going to go forward, starting Holton Hill and putting him on those number one receivers, it's going to be scary the whole year long. I think Um, I think his rookie year, he, he showed some promise, but it's starting after last year. And now the first game this year, it's starting to look more like a fluke than anything. Um, I think the secondary was weak. Uh, I was very encouraged by Cameron Danceler. Uh, he got beat a couple times, but both times he got beat, he was right there. And was yeah, just I can like, think of
1: the uh, MVS touchdown yeah. right before the half. It was on Danceler, I believe, and he was. I mean, it was pretty good coverage. It's not like yeah. he was wide open. Um, no, you know, he had to kind of make a pretty pretty impressive catch there. Um, but yeah, you're right about Hill, man. It seemed like every time Green Bay had like a third and five, a third and six, they were just mm-hmm. picking on Hill with Adams. Um. And I don't have enough experience watching Holton Hill and knowing you know what 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 you got there as a player, but um I will say it's not an easy cover to cover devonte Adams
0: no absolutely not and i think I think what Holton Hill is trying to do was allowing him to get his catch and just not allowing the extra yards um The problem with it is is that uh it's third down, and you have to stop him before the first down marker um and he didn't seem to want to do that, so that's that's the biggest thing that extended a lot of drives. Uh, which could have ended up in punts and things like that. Um, but Holton Hill is needs to get better. Uh, Mike Hughes didn't really see a whole lot of Mike Hughes. He was kind of, I mean, he he let himself get beat up a little bit. But for the most part, he played decent coverage. I never really saw him on Adams. Um, I normally saw him on like Lazard or I saw him on MVS um, for most of the game. Uh, but like I said with Dansler, Dansler was right there on that MVS catch. Like it was literally like maybe a half an inch. His arm was half an inch longer. He would have stopped it. And MVS pulled it down. I mean, he he even strong handled the ball and pulled it down. And
1: yeah, I would say I would go as to say even a little bit of a contested catch, like with Dancer Mm -hmm. right there. You know, he very impressive for MVS. Who, I mean, as we even saw in this game, had some some drops. You know, I think um, I'll you know I can talk more about MVS later. But there's some encouraging signs from him and some some. Not so encouraging signs from him, but that play was definitely an encouraging sign for MBS. Yeah. Um, but that goes to show the coverage Dansler had on the play I thought was pretty solid.
0: Yeah, so I'm not too concerned about Dansler, especially his first game. Like I said, these preseason, like once if we had preseason games, I think the Vikings are a little more fine-tuned. I mm-hmm. think maybe they don't allow some of those big plays to happen. They don't allow those third downs to be completed. Things yeah, like maybe
1: that. a little more accustomed to the speed of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really yeah.
0: concerned about um, my second, like, huge concern is the defensive line. I don't think that even adding Daniil Hunter in that defensive line is going to help the run defense, because it didn't look good. I mean, I think if they gave Aaron Jones the ball a lot more, he would have ran for 200 yards. I mean, it just seemed like every play he was through the first line and then into the, and then the linebackers had to pick up the pick up what was left over. Um, but I don't think this defensive line can generate um, enough run defense. I think you're going to see consistently throughout the year, they're going to be bottom five defensively for run defense, which is kind of scary because the main goal is to stop the run and then just be good enough to stop the pass. Mm-hmm. I think in the NFL nowadays, because if you can stop the run, then all they can really do is pass. And then you just pass defense it just gets better because you're anticipating the pass. Or down. at least
1: like the predictive runs, like early yep. downs, you know, if they're going to hand it off on first and 10, like limiting that run to be instead of a six or seven yard game, you know, if you can stop them to a one or two yard game, even, um, you get these second and third and longs, more predictable passing situations. Yep. I mean, obviously that plays into the defense is what they're doing.
0: No, but I thought um, Anthony Harris didn't look as good as he was last year. Um, during this game, he didn't look horrible, but he didn't look like a top tier safety. Um but again I think a lot of this gets solved with a little bit more a little bit more time on the field. Um I'm not really too concerned about like guys like Anthony Harris or Kendricks played well, which was really good, was really promising. He showed that he didn't mm-hmm. miss a miss a beat from last Yeah, year, He so. didn't miss
1: a beat at all. He had really um, good coverage on one of those plays. I think they they sent the fullback to Guara yeah. on like a play action just right up the right up the sideline and he was like he stuck right with him. Yeah, I mean, yep. Kendricks was running him step for step, which with a linebacker is pretty – I mean, that's – we've talked about how he's probably one of the better all-around linebackers in the league. Um, yep. But, I mean, especially in pass coverage for a, for an inside linebacker to be able to do that is is pretty impressive.
0: I agree. Yeah, so I think the defense has got to get better. If the defense doesn't get better, uh, the offense is going to have to carry the weight. And as we saw in this last game, they can kind of hang in there. Um, but against top-tier – offenses like the Packers were they played like a top tier offense on Sunday yeah for sure um I think it's gonna be those are gonna be long games and I think Mm -hmm. especially if they're gonna go into next week playing the Colts it's gonna they're gonna have to stop Philip Rivers
1: yeah I mean I guess we can start right now with with kind of projecting how they'll match up with the Colts um you know the Colts are gonna pass the ball again I mean they're without they just lost their I guess, starting running back for the year with Marlon Mack, although that doesn't carry as much weight because, you know, you got Naheem Hines, they have Jonathan Taylor. So obviously mm. they have guys that can step in right away. Um, but I certainly think that they're a pass-first team. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so are, you, are you more, like, along the same lines of expectations for next week for this pass defense, or do no. you expect a little bit of improvement?
0: I think it's going to improve, um, even if it improves in the slightest bit. I think it's not the same comparison. Aaron Rodgers and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is definitely on the decline of his career. He can still he can still throw for, for some yards, but he's going to make more mistakes than Aaron Rodgers is going to make. And I think that's going to help in the long run. I think you're going to see you're not going to see the blow up on defense because he's not going to be able to just throw anything on a dime to someone. I think Philip mm-hmm. Rivers is at the point in his life to where he's throwing it to the open receivers and. They have to catch it. Like, I, I don't think it's gonna be like you can throw it to double coverage and put in the perfect Sure. Spot. Uh, so and, I think and, there'll be yeah. turnovers and such from Phillip Rivers.
1: Definitely. And I'm thinking too, like when Rodgers extended the play to, to fire that touchdown to Adams in the first half, you're not gonna see any of that from Phillip Rivers. No. You know, right. like you can't even look at that play from the Vikings' defensive perspective and be like, man, we really sucked this play. You know, because they were sticking around, they had good coverage, they got a little bit of pass rush. And Rodgers just did his thing and, you know, extended the play and made a great throw. Um, and But to my point here is Phillip Rivers isn't going to be able to do that against this team. So I think there's definitely room for improvement. And they'll, I think they're going to be a little more – or it gives them a little more opportunity to be aggressive on the coverage. Yeah, and you know, I think they, they should be, definitely. They they don't have to feel – you might not see Holton Hill back up as much. You know, I think they're going to be a little more inclined to, to you know, stop these receivers first. Yeah. You know, four or five seconds, and that's it because of the play. I don't. You know, their their pass rush can get home in that amount of time. You know, yeah. they don't have to extend these plays um, and extend their coverage on these receivers, um, which I think got them in a little bit of trouble against the Packers. Um, but yeah, I think um, it'll be fun. I won't be watching that game as much um, because the Packers also play next week against the Lions. Um, but yeah, anything else you got on the Vikings defense?
0: No, I think I think it's just going to be a well... I, I think they're going to improve. Zimmer's going to probably chew their ass out this whole week and make them work hard and kind of be on their on their ass all week. Just on their to, heinies. Yep, so I think they're going to really... You're going to see a pretty decent improvement. Um, and week by week, you're going to see more of Jeff Gladney out there, too, which mm-hmm. I think is going to minimize Holton Hill's role. You're going to sure. see a lot of Dantzler. You saw a lot of Dantzler against the Packers, so I think he's just... They're, they're really impressed with what he could do. Um, and I think it's just going to be a much different ball game against mm-hmm. the Colts. Probably a much tighter game throughout the whole game. I don't think mm-hmm. the Vikings are going to blow out the Colts. I think it's going to be a very close game throughout.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely has the potential to, to turn into another shootout with the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the nature of their offense, like liking to move the ball down the field in the passing game. Obviously, the Vikings show that they were able to do some of that as well against the Packers. Um, I'll be real interested to see, you know, if the Vikings can get an early lead, if they can just, you know, get Dalvin Cook more involved. I know he had a pretty solid game against Green Bay, but I'm sure they didn't really use him as much as they'd like to, being yeah. that they were kind of chasing points the whole game. Um, so I think it, that's just going to be a key for them almost every game is just if they can get Dalvin Cook and kind of run that offense through him, you know, they have, you know, a lead or can, can kind of control the tempo of the game. I think that's going to be important for the Vikings. and. And will definitely set up their defense to be a little more opportunistic, I think, than um, than they were this week. Um, Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree with that. And I think it's going to be more of a Dalvin Cook game than anything. Um, Sure. I think think he can run against anyone. And we didn't get to see that a whole lot just because the safety, the interception, that just like that blew the game up. I mean, as far as it comes Mm -hmm. down to, I mean, that that safety and that interception was the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can kick it back to just look at the game in general. Like, it started out, Green Bay, you know, went down, kicked the field goal. Minnesota came right back with a great drive and scored seven. Um, And, you know, just like that, you know, Minnesota's kind of got a good edge in this game, um, especially after Green Bay gets stuffed on on the goal line, essentially. You know, goal line stand for the Vikings defense. At that point, it's seven to three Vikings, and they have the ball. Um, and like you mentioned, the safety was just like a huge play for Green Bay and just flipped the flip the momentum, um, you know, really changed the whole outlook of the game, that and the interception, because they were all – I think they were both in the second quarter, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, they were. Um, and Green Bay put up – I want to say they put up 19 points in the second quarter. So th- that second quarter was huge for Green Bay, getting out mm-hmm. to that lead, going into halftime, and then sort of, um, you know – you know, playing with lead the whole second half, they just had to really score points and, and keep the Vikings away. Um, but it did bring up some concern I have with their defense. I don't know if you noticed, um, but I was a little surprised that maybe not how easy it looked, but just like the amount of times the Vikings, especially in the second half, just drove down the field at, like with ease, and and really like it didn't. They didn't really have to dink and dunk their way down the field. They They were throwing the ball down, you know, they made some deep throws down the field. So that's a little concerning for me looking at the Packers defense. Um, I get that they're probably playing like a little, you know, more vanilla defense. They're probably just, you know, preventing big plays, you know, prevent defense. But the whole point of the prevent defense is to prevent big plays. And you saw the deep touchdown to Thielen. Um, Even before the half, it was like, what, 15 seconds. And they made two big plays down the field. They weren't even really trying to, to get points. They just handed it off to cook and he took it for 20 yards. And then they threw it to Rudolph over the middle for 20 yards. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the Vikings steal three points at the half there. Um, so as good as the offense was, and, and look, I'm not really going to say, I don't have any complaints about how green Bay's offense played. Yep. You know, I think they were excellent. I think Rogers looked as good as he has in the last few years. Um, you know, Adams is his normal self. Um, just, just a stud just just an absolute stud at receiver making plays um Aaron Jones to me he didn't didn't seem like he really got going as much as maybe you thought um you know he did get some opportunities and he was pretty consistent with his att- you know with his rushes getting to that second level but i thought the linebackers did a pretty good job of keeping him from breaking out any big runs right i you think my Aaron-
0: concern with that was just that they're not stopping him for like a one or two yard gain. Right. It was like five, six yards every single time. Right. And then Jamal Williams had an effect on that too. Yep. It, it, it was just all game long. Like it, when you put Aaron Rodgers in that situation to where you give him five, six yards every time, it allows him to be a little bit more creative, and he doesn't have mm-hmm. to like he doesn't have to throw like a quick pass for four yards. If you get that first run play, he can do at second down. I mean, he can drop back and throw deep, and I think we saw that.
1: Definitely. I mean, the run game was, wasn't was um, the best it's been, but it was good enough certainly to get Green Bay into third and manageables, you know, second and third down manageable situations where they could hit Adams on these quick outs um, on a third and four and get the first down. So, I, so yeah, I mean, that obviously helped Green Bay win the game. They were able to move the chains and, and get them into more manageable situations and, and they could kind of pick and choose when they wanted to take shots down the field. Um you know, I, I was really encouraged, too. Um, Alan Lazard looked like he didn't really skip a beat from last season. Right. You know, he, he was like a um, sort of like a like a Cinderella story last year where he kind of came out of nowhere and and emerged as, like, their second receiver. Um, but going into this year, you know, I had doubts that he could, like, repeat that, you know, and, and build off that. Um, but, you know, to his credit, he was able to do that. I thought he was really effective. Um, I don't know if he had. Four or five targets, but I think he ended up with four receptions. He had the touchdown um, grab where Rogers extended the play and he kind of went to the corner there and made a really smart headsy play there. He also had the really good deep down the seam there. Um, I don't know if you noticed where it, I don't even know if it was a breakdown in coverage really, but I think he broke off his original route and just found the open spot there. And you know, actually caught, probably should have been a touchdown. He just tripped over himself there. The, the turf monster got him. Um, but he, but he looked like he was, he was playing great. And then also MVS, I know I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of encouraging spots with him. Um, he had the deep touchdown before the half, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, he had another deep catch too. Um, I think it might've been on a, uh, like a free play where Rogers, you know, yeah. get him yep. with the hard count, chucked it down to MVS and made a great catch there too. Um, however, the one time green Bay did punt, MVS was wide open on third and six or third and seven um, and dropped it. He had a yeah, ton of field in had, front of him.
0: I think he had two drops. I think he, had one he in did. End zone too, right? Yeah.
1: So it was another deep bomb, like on a play action play. They took a deep shot down the field and it wasn't the best. It wasn't like a perfect throw. Like it wasn't going to hit him in the chest, but he had to reach out a little bit for it. Definitely a catch he should have made, um, you know, and he, and he let it go through and, that was kind of what plagued him last year. Um, you know, He had some confidence issues. I guess I don't know if he would say he had confidence issues. I don't know if that's fair to say that um, as a fan because I don't know. But it just seems like he maybe lacked some confidence last year, and he definitely um, you know, lost some of his uh, opportunities in that offense last year because of drops. Um, so to see him have a couple drops in this first game was not the greatest thing to see if you're looking for MBS to have a rapid improvement this year. Um, but he did make a couple really important plays um that I think you know he can definitely build off of,
0: yeah, I agree, and i think he looked i think he looked really sharp for the most part. He got open, which is a, the, one of the biggest things to do for a wide receiver is just to get open and as long as you make those catches, you're gonna be just fine all year long and I think he looked uh, a lot better than I thought he would. I think mm-hmm. he was able to stretch the field um and able to get open at a higher clip that might be have something to do with the Vikings defense. Um, but I thought he looked very serviceable and it's very promising for the Packers side of things, especially with Funches, not, not coming in because of COVID. Um, but right. I think that helps a lot because once Funches did that, you thought, oh, well, shit, what are they going to do? Well, if MVS and Lazard can do it, then they'll be just fine all year long.
1: Yeah. I think that definitely goes along the lines of a lot of off season chatter, you know, Mm-hmm. Packers opting to draft Jordan Love in the first round instead of maybe a receiving weapon for Rodgers. Um taking a third, you know, drafting their third string running back in the second round instead of a wide receiving weapon for Rodgers. Um it had a lot of people, you know, shaking their heads, and myself included, right? I think I anyone really was expecting the Packers to draft a receiver. Right. Um and they chose not to. They you know basically came out and said, Look, we got some young guys that have been in our system for a couple of years. um uh, we believe that they'll develop into the guys that we need them to be um you know they they went out and signed Funches, but um you know he opted out, so what do they do they They actually don't do anything. They stick with the guys that they said they would and mm-hmm. and um you know it, it's looking good so far um you know, I expect next week when they play Detroit at home um it's gonna be. Kind of similar to what we saw against the Vikings. I think Detroit's a little banged up in the secondary. I believe their uh, top corner, Justin Coleman, just got put on IR today. Yep. Um, he's more of like a slot corner, but he's very, you know, he's a very good player. Um, he's not going to be playing. I think Jeff Okuda um, is a little banged up and won't be in the game. You know, if he maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I'm not exactly sure, um, but he's definitely dealing with something. And you know, the Lions obviously don't have their, uh Slay anymore from last year that, you know, they got rid of him and sent him to, to Philly. So and I think Diggs. there's going to be, and digs, right. Quandre digs. So, yeah. so there's going to be some opportunities again, for this offense to, to move the ball down the field vertically in the passing game. Um, so I look for, you know, MVS, Lazard, Adams, maybe they'll game plan a little bit more towards Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know um, what Matt Patricia's thinking, but I'm, I'm looking at this off, you know, this offense again, next week, and thinking, man, they could, Rodgers could put up another performance like he did this week.
0: Yeah, and I think you are going to see that. I think this game against Detroit for you guys is going to be very similar to what we saw against the Vikings. Um, I think I think the difference between like the Vikings and the Lions, I think the Lions are what the Vikings were on Sunday all year long. I can mm-hmm. just I can just sense that just because they I mean their secondary isn't necessarily proven either. Right. I um, feel and, like
1: they lack the yeah, playmakers the Vikings have too. I don't Exactly. Know I think, understand. I think
0: like the Vikings defense has more of like your corner pieces. Like they have Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, Ngakwe, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, Kendricks, and then their corners are just a little weak where I think with the Lions, I think as a whole, they don't have those corner pieces quite yet. I think they're trying to develop those corner pieces. So I think you're going to see the Lions essentially be kind of what the Vikings were on Sunday all year long, in my opinion. Um, and I think you're going to see a very similar game. Matt Stafford, I think Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins are like almost identical quarterbacks when you look at it. I mean, they make they make their bad plays. Make are, are they actually elite? Are they actually not? I think Stafford's mm-hmm. got a little bit more arm power than Kirk Cousins does, and he can just like... Matt Stafford's always been super good, and I think you're going to see some good plays he's going to make. Um, I don't know if Kenny Galladay is playing next week,
1: yeah, that's a good point, too. I think he missed the first week um, yeah. last, you know, on Sunday against the Bears, so I think he's dealing with like a hamstring or something like that. Um, yeah, not sure if he's going to be in there. Obviously, if he does play, um, he's a big playmaker for that offense. If he doesn't play, again, that's going to be a, a pretty huge stroke of luck for Green Bay, not to have to worry about him uh, taking down their secondary. Right. Um, but I agree. I, I agree with you on the Cousins and Stafford comparison. I think a lot of people would kind of scoff at that and say, well, Stafford puts up more yards and he, and he puts up you know, better stats and all that, which is true, but, but I don't think they really play the same style of offense. I mean, like from the scheme perspective, you know, the Vikings try to establish the run and use the run to, you know, get Kirk Cousins in comfortable situations using the play action where the Lions are more of a, like, you know, they're just a passing team. Like they're just a, sp- yeah, for sure. You know, they, they use Stafford's arm a lot more than the Vikings use Cousins arm, but from the standpoint of the eye test, right? Like the way they throw the ball and, and I think Stafford and Cousins, you know, the arm talent there is pretty similar. They can both make plays down the field. Um, you know, even though people say they are, are they elite? Are they not elite? Um, I think they can make all the throws. And And if yep. you're, back there and you can make all the throws and you definitely get hot enough to put up points against the green Bay Packers. So um, if we see the same defense we saw last week against Minnesota, you know, green Bay is going to have to be ready to, you know, come ready to play against Matthew Stafford because again, I don't, even if they're shorthanded, I think they're just going to come out and just try to put up a bunch of points and, and get into a shootout with green Bay.
0: Yeah. You really can't sleep on Stafford. Stafford can change a game. I mean, he really can, if he's on and he can just be that difference maker that, Mm-hmm. I mean, he would be that, say, like, the Packers, I don't even know what the, the line says about um, how many points advantage the Packers are or whatnot, but I think... The, I want to say it's, st- like,
1: five or six okay. point okay. favorites.
0: Okay, Staver can make that difference. Um, yeah. I think if Galladay is out, I think it's just going to be way too tough for the Lions to even yeah. go out there and do that, because then, what, their top-end receiver is Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is a good player, um, but I don't think he's, yeah. like, that upper-echelon type, like, receiver. Like, he's definitely... Not gonna win you the game, I don't think. And then you have like Amendola, and then maybe they get DeAndre Swift a little bit more involved. Maybe TJ, T.J. Hawkinson had a good yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, he could he could evolve this year. Um, can't forget about Adrian Peterson, man.
1: Dude, he, yeah, he put up some some good stats last week. I mean, I don't know. I think he had like eighty yards rushing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not bad for I think a guy. He had
0: Ninety-four yards.
1: Oh, he even had more. Okay. Yep. And he had I mean,
0: catches. He he had three catches. I think he had three catches in like three combined seasons for the Vikings between like 2000s, <laughs> whatever, 7 and 10.
1: Yeah, that guy's going to play forever. I mean, he just, he just goes out. And even the last two years when he was with Washington, like he would just show up and play. Like the guy, he's been on like five or six different teams now. And he's, he's always been a problem. And he's, well, yeah, he's and- definitely out of his prime. He's not as elite as he once was, but he still can get the job done.
0: Well, I think like even like last year when you saw Adrian Peterson with Washington, he didn't play all those games. He played like I think thirteen games, really, where he started and got a considerable amount of touches. And he still finished with like eight hundred eighty yards. If he plays all the whole season, he would be a thousand yard rusher, and that's still that's such a daunting task for any running back still.
1: For sure, especially at a guy Peterson's age. I don't even know what he's at now, but yeah. So that's now he's thirty-five. Yeah. So that's an interesting storyline for sure. Um, another thing, too, uh, speaking of Peterson and, and if the Lions maybe get their run game going, um, Kenny Clark left the game on Sunday with a groin injury. So that'll be something for um, Packers fans to look at this week and monitor, um, you know, because without Kenny Clark uh, kind of anchoring that defensive line there in the middle, that presents some problems in the run game for sure. For Green Bay, I think, you know, that that's going to be a huge liability. It already kind of is with Kenny Clark in there. Um yeah but like Kenny Clark can't do it by himself, you know, and mm-hmm. and these other pieces that they have um, on the line that maybe aren't proven, they got to step up and they got to show that they're, you know, able to stop the run. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Christian Kirksey improves, if he's able to improve on, on that run defense um, from what Blake Martinez did last year. Yep. Um, I know Blake Martinez was a really polarizing player for a lot of Packers fans, you know, A lot of people hated him. A lot of people thought he was great, and um, you know, he just he was solid. I think Christian Kirksey can offer a little more um, dynamic ability in that in that linebacker group than maybe Martinez had a little more playmaking ability. Um, But if you're an inside linebacker, man, you got to be there. You got to get your nose dirty and stop the run. And uh, although we didn't see that so much Sunday because the Vikings weren't able to get the run game going, um, based on the game script, I think that might be something I look in. And into and really, um, you know, on the game Sunday against the Lions here going forward. So um, that could be a problem. Um, but ultimately, I, I still have faith in this defense. You know, Mike Pettin's a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of talented guys back there that, you know, they have that continuity factor. I'm hoping the game against Minnesota was a little bit of a fluke. Um, kind of get, you know, get their first run of the season against a different offense, you know. Um, obviously, they were, you know, practicing against the same guys, but to see some different looks, to see a different team come in there, um, hopefully that will give them some film this week that they can look at and make some make some big improvements because, you know, if this defense, if this defense doesn't help and, and doesn't, you know, improve, they're not going to be a Super Bowl team. And I think mm-hmm. um, with both these teams, you know, they're both good teams and they're both talented enough to make the playoffs. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, both these teams are going to be there for the NFC North. Um, But, you know, they gotta, there's things they gotta, they gotta shape up. They gotta improve to get there. Um, And for the Packers, the defense, and then I guess the Vikings too, the defense is just Mm going to have to look going to have to look better and to help them um, come playoff time. So. And, you know, it's
0: kind of strange because usually we're looking at the NFC North and defense is kind of like the star, the star child of, of the NFC North throughout history. And mm -hmm. I think, every one of these NFC North teams, I think they all have their flaws of defense. And I think it's really one of the first years where there's no, like, like the Vikings and the bears usually have like the last 10, like five, not 10 years, five years. It's been the Vikings, and the bears, best defense in the NFC North. And then mm-hmm. the Packers have a serviceable defense, but their offense is so much better that they can make up for the difference. Um, lions have been the lions. So I'm not really gonna, but I mean, the lions have had a pretty good defense the last couple of years too. I mean, yeah. they're They've had some good corners, and and you know it's just very bizarre to see all all four of these teams gave up quite a few points. And I mean, I mean the Lions, they were what were they up by at halftime against the Bears?
1: I mean, they had a pretty. I want to say they were up seventeen going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, right. I don't know the exact. I I just saw that um, they were like one of the first teams to, you know, lose a seventeen point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, and obviously. You know, losing a game like that, um, where they, I mean, obviously they shouldn't have given up those points. They had a great opportunity to be, you know, to kind of just shut out, you know, shut down the Bears there with some better defense. They didn't do that. They also had the opportunity at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw it, but um, the DeAndre Swift play where he had it in his hands, dropped it in the end zone, would have been a game yeah, winner. should have caught that. I mean, definitely should have caught it. Um, yeah. So that'll probably stick with him for a while. Um, but that is one thing I will say. Um, projecting towards next week, next week's matchup against the Packers, like you know, the Lions are going to be pissed off. They're going to be angry that they didn't win that game. Um, I'm sure Matt Patricia is going to light them up this week in the film room. You know, he's going to get after him in practice. Like they're going to come in Sunday ready to play. So it's going to be important for Green Bay to be ready to play as well. You know, they can't come out flat because we saw last year a couple times. Like they played the Lions in Week 17 at the end of the year. And they came out as flat as could be after beating the Vikings in week 16. And they almost lost to David Blau and the Lions, um, last year. So they got to make sure they got, you know, they got to avoid that this time around. They got to, they got to set the tone right away, um, because the Lions are going to be pretty, pretty pissed off. And I imagine too for the Vikings matchup against the Colts. It seems like both those teams have something to prove here in week two. So that, that might project to be a little more. Uh, intense from the from the start.
0: Hey, I mean, I think the biggest thing about that Colts Vikings game is the return of Xavier Rhodes.
1: Yeah, there you go. Is Who are the knows? Vikings? Is he gonna is he gonna kill the Vikings or is he gonna be is he gonna help him out, man? I don't know, because... man. I hope he helps him out. I
0: hope, <laughs> I hope he plays like he did last year and just is really, <laughs> really suspect back there.
1: I mean, that's obviously you've talked about it too. I don't think there are going to be many Viking fans upset to see him playing on the other side of the field next week. Um, But you can't deny what he's done for them in the past. I mean, he's for many years, he was, he was a shutdown guy and, and he just, you know, he just lost it a little bit.
0: And that happens. I mean, I was Xavier Rhodes. It was every single damn game. He was walking off the field with some sort of injury. And I think that really played a toll because he played through those injuries. And when you play through those injuries, you don't allow those injuries to heal. And, Over time, those things become just everyday things and slows you down. And um, I think if the Vikings were to look back on it, when Xavier Rhodes came off the field a little hurt or banged up, maybe you sit him a little bit and you give him the week off and then you bring him back. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, that's hindsight, I guess. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I don't think Xavier Rhodes is going to be shutting down like Adam Thielen or anything like that. Um, I don't even know what they're using him as in Indianapolis. If they're really even starting him as like a number one corner, I can't imagine they are. I, I would imagine they're more playing him situationally and like against the run. Xavier Rhodes has always been pretty good because he can hit hard and he's got he's he's got strong tackling ability. But um, I don't think the Vikings should really worry about Xavier Rhodes. I think the biggest key to that game is really get Dalvin Cook going.
1: Mm. Yeah, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how they. Because 'cause I'm looking at this Colts defense, they're like trying to think of who's on this team. And and they're kind of like a no name defense.
0: Yeah, I can't like, think of
1: like admittedly I don't know much about the Colts because we don't Hard we way. don't see them often, but I do know they have um Darius Leonard who's a really good middle yeah. linebacker or outside line. I don't even know if he's middle or outside, but they also went out and traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner this off season who Oh I forgot. Know, Packers about that. have a little bit of familiarity with yeah, and even the Vikings yeah. too, you know, very very stout defensive lineman for the 49ers. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure they they feel comfortable with their guys. But if the Vikings, man, if they can get cut going against the against those two guys in their line, I think you know, that's going to be really encouraging for the Vikings going forward. Because yeah, I, 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 I'll admit too, they have kind of a tough schedule here. I mean, it's they not do.
0: the first half of the season is way tougher than the second half.
1: So this is a game I think they they really got to get. Not that it's super desperate time yet. Because you know it's early in the season, but I mean, looking ahead even just a little bit, they still got what Tennessee, they got um, at Houston and Seattle. I think they got some they got some tough games coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Vikings don't want to put themselves in that zero and two hole. I mean, it's not as tragic as it usually is because of that extra playoff spot, um, but they definitely don't want to be there because even at zero and one, you know, I think it's a uh, it's you're always climbing to get back into it. I feel like you're mm-hmm. always clawing to get back into it. Um, but if the Vikings come out, they can play strong. They go, they just play their game plan. I think one of the biggest issues against that against the Packers were uh, was they kind of didn't do the play action right away, and that didn't really open up the offense. Um, and as soon as they did that in the second half, it kind of Kirk felt more comfortable. He was able to throw the ball around. Yeah. So they got to get Dalvin Cook going right away, and they really got to do they really got to open up that play action passing game. And if they do those two things, I think the defense is going to be sufficient enough to come in there. And Yannick Ngakwe is only going to is gonna have another week under his belt, and he's going to have a little bit more familiarity. I think what we saw with him not getting any pressures, really, is just because it was his first week there. And he mm-hmm. just literally got traded, like, what was it, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago?
1: Yeah. So
0: I think that's a huge thing, is just getting him more familiar with the system and allowing him to play his game.
1: Yeah, I'd expect him to to continue to grow in that defense. Um, And, and just the, the unit as a whole, right. Like they're going to just like we mentioned, it's going to take time to get them going. They got one week under their belts. Um, You know, they got some film to look at um, and kind of a sense of the speed of the game a little bit that maybe they weren't so caught up with, but now, you know, maybe there's, there's a little less excuses here week two um, Mm -hmm. as far as that goes. And, And with the offense, too, you mentioned Kirk Cousins not being able to use the play action as much. But, you know, he still looked like he was in a pretty good rhythm. Um, We saw some encouraging signs from Kirk moving around in the pocket and, and, uh, you know, making some plays with his feet. So it'll be, I think the Vikings will have a good chance to win that game. Um, Obviously, you never know what can happen. But what do you think, if you had to predict now, I guess we can start with the Vikings Colts game. What is like your uh score prediction and and kind of what will it boil down to ultimately to decide um, the
0: game well i guess if we're doing a score prediction i'm just gonna say i don't even know man i think it's gonna be like 24 like 17 i really feel like it's not gonna be like a super high scoring game mm-hmm. um i think they're gonna be able to get the the key is to get to philip rivers I think that's been the key for like the last three years for anybody who plays Phil Rivers. You just got to get to him and you, you know, he's going to make a couple of mistakes. You just got to be there for those mistakes. So if he under throws a ball, you got to pick it off. Like you can't just like allow it to not be, you can't just drop an interception or anything like that. Cause if you do that, then you allow him to just get right back in there and throw it deep. Cause he can still throw with anyone. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely not the quarterback he used to be. And his mistakes are seem a little bit more glaring than they used to be. But mm-hmm. The Vikings have to know that he's going to throw the ball around forty times, but you just have to get to him. You have to you have to make sure you don't lose that turnover battle. Kirk Cousins it usually isn't a turnover liability, um, but he can't be throwing like that that interception he threw against Green Bay. Can't be doing that. Throw it more towards the sidelines. Make sure he it's only where the receiver can get it. Mm-hmm. You can't put yourself in that kind of hole. Um, as long as they you know, as long as they just capitalize on what Philip Rivers is going to do. And then um, their defense is a l- just a little bit better. Um, the tackling needs to get better. So if they're tackling you can get better right away, because um, I saw a lot in that first half, they missed so many tackles. And mm-hmm. I think that that had a, a lot to do with the game too, is if you stop, if you have those tackles, you stop them. You maybe get a couple more punts here and there. And um, so the biggest key is stop Philip Rivers, play better defense and just play your game. Dalvin cook, play action pass. And I think they should be able to win this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking along the same lines as you, um, you know, I guess my score prediction for that one, I'm kind of tossing some numbers around in my head, but I'm going to go, um, 28 to 24 Vikings. Okay. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. Cause I think both teams are desperate. I mean, not as desperate, right. It's week two, but they're coming off of some tough losses. Um, they're going to want to come out in week two and really put together a good performance. And I think it's going to be a good game back and forth. Um, ultimately I think it's going to come down to um, turnovers. I think, yeah, you know, Phillip Rivers is a little bit prone to turnovers. I think Kirk Cousins is a little bit prone to turnovers. Um, but what I think is, is big for the Vikings and what I think will ultimately decide the game is is some of their playmakers on defense that they do have um, will kind of overcome the shortcomings of, of some of the newbies. Like, you know, maybe Harrison Smith makes a big play and forces a fumble or, you know, Kendricks or... Bar, you know, Fort Strip Sack or something like that. Right. Um, Anthony Harris with an interception, something along those lines. I think one of their guys is going to step up and and make a play that decides the game. I, th- That's my gut feeling. Um, you know, I, I know the Colts have a couple good players on their defense, but I don't really think they have that, that game changing playmaker uh, or like game changing playmaking ability. So if Kirk can just kind of do his thing and, and keep it away from the other team, I think I think the Vikings are going to be in a great spot to win, and I, I think they will ultimately win the game. Um, and I think it's going to be because of their uh, someone on their defense stepping up and making a big play when it counts.
0: Yep. I think if the Vikings' defense can really turn it on this game, and Yannick Ngakwe, maybe he gets a, maybe he gets a forced fumble or something like that. or Right. They, they have a couple of big stops. That momentum can push them so far into the season. The confidence goes way up if, they, if their defense can really step up next week. Um, and I think that will fix a lot of shortcomings, just confidence itself, mm-hmm. yeah, you get those young guys and they they get they build a little bit of confidence in themselves, so they're gonna be able to attack a little bit more and they're gonna be able to press a little bit more and not be so worried about making a mistake
1: right definitely and and to our point from last week, like this team isn't gonna be the same team they are last week through the whole season, no, you know they're gonna improve, and I think they're gonna take a step in that direction this week,
0: yeah, I think their shortcomings this last week were. Definitely something they can improve upon, and mm-hmm. if they just improve just in the slightest bit, like I was saying, they're gonna. I think they'll be fine. They'll probably sit there with like. I, I think the Vikings are gonna sit there with like a nine and seven record personally. Um, when it, when all is said and done, that's so probably nine. gonna be good enough to get them in there.
1: Yeah, with say. the seventh team and the, you know then the, the, the um, added wild card spot, I think nine and seven would definitely have a good chance to make it. But well, yeah, we'll see how that how that goes. Um, yeah, so. I guess moving on to the the other game then the Packers Lions, mm-hmm. um, you know my predictions for that game here, you know I think Green Bay's offense is going to come out and you kind of you're going to see a little bit of the same um, that you saw against Minnesota. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to maybe get the run game more involved than they did. Obviously, Rodgers felt pretty good about his um, you know attacking them in the passing game and and Lafleur you know made some calls there where it seemed like they were passing a little bit more than I thought they would. Um but I think they'll continue to be able to do that against the Lions. I think they'll put up a good amount of points again. Um it's going to be hard to, you know, do that every week, but I think it's a, just another good matchup for Green Bay's passing game. Um so I think they'll put up something like 35, 38 somewhere in there. Okay. Um it's hard to predict another 40 piece, but um I'm going to say Green Bay wins 35 to 21. Um I think I think Detroit is you know, they might have a little bit of momentum at the start. Um, I think a divisional game is always tough, but I think if green Bay can jump on them early and I, th- and it's my hope that they will, I think they can drown them out pretty quick and I think they can handle their business. Um, especially if they're without, um, Kenny Galladay and, and, uh, Jeff Akuda. I think green Bay can really, really take it to Detroit and they're, you know, can end up not being so great of a team this year. Um, you know, if they get up to an 0-2 start and it just kind of rolls downhill, um, you know, Matt Patricia is definitely on the hot seat. So it's going to be critical for Detroit to get it going, and certainly they could. I, you know, I, I think Green Bay will win this game, but I could see Detroit coming in and playing a great game, and Green Bay making some dumb mistakes on defense and, and costing the game. You so know, you they
0: think they're going to win, um, but they could lose. Is what you're saying?
1: Is exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> and this is specifically pointing out to some of our friends that think that's crazy talk because (laughs) there's different outcomes that can happen. It's not a predetermined result. And uh, it's not crazy to think that uh, different, you know, there's different outcomes that could happen. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) any other better way to say it, but I will predict a win for the Packers to satisfy their needs. Um, I I believe the Packers will win. 35-21 is what I'm going with. Um, But they could lose, right? They could lose. Um, I guess we'll see how it goes. If they play well, I think they'll win. If they don't play well, they might lose. So, you know, that's just how it goes.
0: That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I think think Green Bay's got a a really good shot to win this game. And I I think your prediction's pretty on base. Uh, I think it's going to be more like, um, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go with, Less of a field goal. What'd you say? Thirty-four points for Green Bay.
1: I think 35-21 is what I want. Thirty-five. Yeah. All
0: right. I'll go. I'll go 31, thirty-one. 21
1: All right. A little closer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you're kind of right in the mark there, but I got to be a little bit different in this case. I, I don't think they're going to put up a forty burger again. That's yeah. I don't either. Do. Um, but they could. Th- but they could. But they also <laughs> could not. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. Damn it!
0: <laughs> oh, and uh, um, if the Vikings um, don't fucking tackle the opposition this week, I might lose my mind. And if they lose this game because of tackling, because the defense sucks again, this podcast next week is going to be a whole different reaction. So um, right now I'm okay, and I think they're gonna they're gonna make up for what they lost last week. Um but if it's the same result as last week I might lose my mind next week.
1: Yeah, so I mean I'm pretty familiar with you and, and you have a sense of rage to you. Um which I think's hilarious and good, right? And your your rage meter right now is I'd say it's pretty low. I mean I don't know what you'd put it at. I'd put you at maybe like a two or a three because you were a little upset on Sunday, but you got over it pretty quickly. So you're not even really the needle's not really going too far. What do you think that What do you what would you push it at if the Vikings lose on Sunday? What you think that's breaking at least a five or six?
0: Oh, it would be a seven or an eight. If they start 0 2 and their defense is absolute horseshit, it's it's I'm gonna It's going
1: out it's going up.
0: Yeah. I mean I think during the game, during that Packers game, my rage is like at a five. I mean, I definitely threw some choice words out there during uh, (laughs) during the game and I, I wish I could live stream my reaction to these games because I mean, at one point, I was just like screaming at the TV. I mean, it was just like, like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the passion of a fandom, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you but go through the highs I, and the lowest. But I think I ahead. cooled
0: down after the Vikings. Their offense played well in the second half, so it helped. It definitely helped the the rage. But if if they don't get their offense going and their defense sucks like last week, dude, it's gonna be. I might not make it through the week. I don't know.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, for your sake, I hope the Vikings do well. For my sake, I'd rather have the Colts win. Obviously, it helps the Packers in the division. And and I'm sure you hope the Lions maybe win the game um, against the Packers.
0: Yeah, here's the thing about that. I do hope that. I don't think it's going to happen. I really just do not see the Lions in the same playing field as the Packers at all. I mean, I don't think the bears are good at all. I think the bears are actually kind of a train wreck and the bears beat them. So, uh, even though the lions did play well right away, right out of the gate, but mm-hmm. I just think if you're losing a Mitchell Trubisky and you're allowing them to throw all over you, like you got some problems.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see if they're, if they come out and play desperate, if they do, it could be a different story, but I think, I think green Bay should be able to handle them pretty easily. Yeah, I think um, so too. but yeah, man, I guess that's about it. Um, I don't got anything else to add, really. How about you? How about you?
0: Oh, I guess I do. I I want to ask you. Uh, yeah, you fire away. About uh, no fans, because I really didn't think it changed anything. I I thought it was way less of an impact, in my opinion, than I thought it ever would be.
1: Right. Yeah. So I, I guess we should talk about this a little bit too, because that was our first experience, kind of watching football without fans. I didn't notice it as much in the broadcast, like. I had this conversation with my dad and he's like, Oh, it's going to be so weird watching football without fans. And I was thinking like, it's not really going to be that weird because you don't really see the fans all the time. You know, they just show the field. Right. And, and there are certain spots where they have the stands in there. And that's, that was certainly weird. Um, -hmm. but what was weird for me was like when players get a first down or something, you could like hear the guys on the sideline clapping. I don't know if you noticed that too. That was just super odd. Like clapping is not really like a, Sound you hear in NFL stadiums very often.
0: What I really loved about it, though, is just like I love like meat and potatoes football. Yeah. And really, when the fans weren't there, you could hear the linebackers just say, "Watch the run, watch the run," or like pass, pass, pass. You could just like Mm -hmm. see like the little things that go on. You could hear like Harrison Smith saying, saying, "Go in, go in," or or saying, "Pass" or "Run." I thought that was really cool because you can kind of see like what they're all going through. Throughout the whole thing, you can even hear like the guards, like looking back and like and saying things and like directing the line and Aaron Rodgers doing his audibles. And I think that really helped Aaron Rodgers with his uh, with the uh, offsides with drawing the defense offside because he's just so much louder and it's so much more audible.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was able to hard count the you know, the Vikings in their building, which mm-hmm. is, you know, pretty unbelievable. You know, it's usually when they when they play there, they have to do a silent count because it's so yep. loud and, and credit to Vikings fans in that, you know, stadium, it gets loud in there. So with fans, obviously, but um, without the fans, I think that was a huge advantage for Rogers because of his savvy, um, you know, cadence and being able to catch those guys offsides. I think, I mean, they got two first downs alone mm-hmm. off of those plays and, and a third one where he got MVS deep down the field. So definitely an advantage. Um, when the Packers for the Packers when they can go into that stadium um, and there's no fans there harping on them and all that. So, um, but other what otherwise like just watching the game itself, um, it didn't feel that weird. I don't know. I guess. And you it, know,
0: I'm not willing really to even give it to like an advantage standpoint for Rogers because Kirk Cousins could have done the same thing. He just didn't.
1: Right, but I, I mean, like yeah. I guess if you flip it as if it's in Lambeau, yeah, I agree. Like. Th- yeah, but because they're on the road, usually like the, the crowd's quiet enough for the teams on offense. Mm-hmm. The home teams on offense, they can because Rodgers in the past could typically do that stuff at home. Like at Lambeau, he's able to you know draw guys offsides. But on defense, you know, I guess for the Vikings, it'll be interesting to see when they come to Lambeau if there's any fans or not, um, because I think that advantage will be kind of um, squared away for them. Um, like kind of coming back to Lambeau, they will you know, have the same um Experiences probably if there's no fans.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, I hear a lot of f bombs, which is really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, they weren't able to drop those out. I think they have like a little bit of a delay, maybe with the broadcast to try to try to beep some of them out. I think maybe was it Dalvin Cook when he scored? There's like a huge like censored beep. Was that? Yeah. Did you hear that yeah, too? Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so they got a little, some a little bit of a delay. A little bit. So we'll see if they catch them all next week. I don't know. It's it's always funny to hear. Uh, a big old f-bomb on the on the hot mic there
0: yeah it's it, i mean football's back a lot of fun mm-hmm. it just it, it the whole day went by so fast
1: oh and even with fantasy football like dude i was so invested and uh it was fun just flipping through the sunday ticket and watching all the games and like you know getting pissed off because they're handing the ball off to joshua kelly instead of austin eckler mm-hmm. um you know stupid crap like that man It's it's nice to have like something meaningless in life in the the grand scheme of life to complain about, you know, and just like take your focus away from COVID and all this um, political crap going on, you know, with the election. So um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for next week already. It's, I I wish it were Sunday.
0: Yeah. Same. Uh, We got a game Thursday night though already. So yeah, that Uh, one's a little bit of a yawner, I
1: think, you know, Uh, Browns and Bengals, I it'll be cool watching Burrow a little bit. I thought – Probably
0: just throw it on the second monitor while you do something else, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll watch a little bit of it. I mean, Burrow Burrow kind of got robbed in week one where the kicker, you know, missed – he drove him down the field, actually threw the game-winning touchdown, and got called off because of a penalty push-off. And the kicker, you know, misses a chip shot field goal. So he you know, gets a cramp in his leg. So that's kind of a rotten start for Burrow. But, man, I mean, the Browns got whooped up pretty good. So we'll see if the Bengals Browns. I guess we'll see what happens, right? I I'm not expecting it to be too fun of a game, but hopefully it's just close enough where it's interesting, and that'll be good enough for me. I got no fantasy guys going, so I'm not going to be too too heavily invested.
0: No, I don't. I don't either. So I'm I'm just going to really it's going to be in the background, I think, and just gonna, yeah. I'll just watch when the Bengals have the ball, just see what Burrow does.
1: Right, and I think the last thing we should point out here before we end the show is we play each other in fantasy this week in both of our leagues. It's
0: a little fun. bit. Of, yeah. Be a lot of fun chirping back and forth. So
1: My opponent last week, I actually had the same opponent in both le- leagues last week as well, Spencer, and he was not, um, you know, he was not buying into the whole smack talk, you know, back and forth as much. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that this week. You oh, know? We'll have fun engaging in some talk. You know, we're going to be in the watching the games. We're going to be back and forth all day. Um, you know, I'm sure bitching about certain guys not getting the ball and and all that fun stuff. So my team's a little banged up right now, though. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stretch the depth out a little bit um, for the team and see if I can get some uh get some good uh performances from some of my bench guys here. Yeah, you won't. They need to step up, they need to step up in a big way. You won't. So. Well I guess we'll see, right? Yeah, I guess we'll see. We should we should come up with a bet of some sort. I don't know if we should do that right this second on the air, but you know. We'll talk about it. Come up all with right. a bet yeah. or something. I'm I'd be win. down. All right, man. Well that about does it, I guess. That's, That's another uh, another one down. Uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Um I don't really tweet that much, honestly. No,
0: I don't either. <laughs> so I mean just follow us on Twitter. I mean Yeah. Um to our shoot us a dm or something it. you
1: know at four below dom and at four below mike you know shoot us some dms ask us questions you know we just like to talk football and we'd like other people to talk football as well that um actually know what they're talking about too like some of our friends that don't know what they're talking about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shots fired just kidding <laughs> all right
0: that's all i got buddy
1: yeah have a good one man we'll talk yeah. to you guys later
0: sean mcveigh wear your mask thanks
1: Yep. Wear the mask.